Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When Life Gives You Lemons is a skincare and makeup brand founded by Nita Sedahum. Designed for acne and backed by data, this brand is truly bridging the gap between the two spheres. And guys, I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to help and hopefully inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce your guest for today, Nita Sedaholma. Nita is the founder of When Life Gives You Lemons, a brand combining skincare and makeup with soothing ingredients and data-backed research. And it all began when Nita built Cocoon, a piece of research technology to understand the kind of products needed for specific skin types. Quickly amassing a big database, she discovered a large gap in the market and when life gives you lemons, was born. One thing I really love about this brand is Nita's philosophy. Despite makeup and skincare, the best way to truly empower ourselves is by embracing the skin we're in. And I think it's the purest thing we can offer as beauty founders and something I try to uphold every day with Fable and Maine. So as the brand says, life may give you lemons, but we can make lemonade out of them. So Nita, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing that we as founders can always remind the consumer is that they already have it in them. So it's yes. not about us changing anything. It's just us reminding them that yes today is lemons tomorrow will be better and that's what i think beauty should be love 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 that so Juanita, i asked all my guests at the beginning the same question it's a toughie but it's an important one is who <laughs> in a nutshell is nita well nita is someone who um is completely obsessed with her work and with inclusion and someone who believes in serendipity and I mean, I'm a, I, my background is in uh, creative agencies and somehow I ended up as a beauty founder. No clue how that ha happened, but here we are. Often most, beauty, most brand founders and beauty brand founders are always like, I don't even know how I created a beauty brand, but I'm so <laughs> glad I did, right? It's, um, I mean, I can yeah. tell you, I never envisioned me when I was doing my engineering for four years, having a hair care brand, you know, really talking about <laughs> shampoo and conditioners every day. But I love it and it makes total sense. I just never thought about it. Um, yeah. So sometimes the best things happen when you least expect it. But um, I think there's also that subconsciousness of like the beauty about building a brand um, or a beauty brand as well is it's not kind of, um, tethered to exact, you know, experience in that field. You can really find connection through all your way, you know, walks of life. And I think um, it also enriches you to have that because it makes you come in from a different perspective and a unique point of view. And it is exactly what you've done because when I heard about your brand and saw everything from the packaging to the, you know, the concept and the data, 
I was like, I know this founder is not trained by like the Estes and the L'Oreal and the Dior's. <laughs> they they've done something different and they've and they're doing something right. And I and I I went to look at your like experience, your LinkedIn, and I was like, oh my god, wait, how much has this person done? So when you said just now you love working, I'm like, I can tell you love working because yeah. you've worked a hell of a lot. So can you tell us about? Um, I know you know you were born in Finland, uh, then raised a bit in, in Poland, and then you've lived now like in Germany and China, and now you're in US. Tell us about your work experience and your upbringing. For me, work has always been. So some people are athletic, some people are creative. I don't know. They play music. For me, work has always been a way to express myself. So it's been a way for me to. Give me the most difficult thing you can't figure out and I'll try to figure out. Not that I always succeed, but that's for me the gem. I mean, I left um, when, when, uh, when everything collapsed in 2008. I was unemployed for a year or so because my creative agency said to me, oh, we don't need this internet thing. Uh, we don't need people in internet competencies. And I got a job in China. I had never been in Asia Pacific And I landed a job there um, to go and change a service design agency to be more creative. And I ran the creative department for Tag Heuer and Shivas. And most of my staff didn't speak English and I didn't speak Mandarin. So, and on top of that, I was a white, fairly sized white woman who was telling them what to do. So I believe that there is, there is just so much opportunity if you try to stretch what you can and so that's what and did you like because going into creative agencies uh you learn a lot and yeah do you feel like it was a very and, and it's more curious for me because I've never worked in an agency background or like own a company but what was it like working in these companies was it like that typical like office politics was it like um, a lot of like different kind of talents and like was it just like pure inspiration surrounded by these people like what was it like working in these agencies as much as we'd like to say that it's changed it's still totally mad men and I mean it's yeah. been a while since I've been in agencies but I mean, it's still like there is that white middle-aged man who is the executive creative director who decides everything and then everyone else is their minion, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I started as a project manager and at some point I just knew that I, like the concept work and the strategy work, that's where my competence really lies. And we had a situation where, where my creative team um, were... Like we had to work for, for an elevator company, a global elevator pitch. And we had won it. And then they didn't think it's very cool anymore because it's just, you know, elevators. So they left their work undone and the client got wind of it. And then the client called on a Thursday and said, you have un exactly until Sunday to come up with all the creative work. And on Sunday you pitch or like you show us and then you get to keep the account. Wow. And I went to the managing director and I said, I mean, I didn't know sh but oh, am, am I allowed to curse? <laughs> yes, you can. Of course you can. <laughs> so In my podcast, I, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, I want to do it. Like, I know the account the best. I'm yeah. like, I, I, I'm going to do it. And he said, well, it's not like I have a couple like options. And he gave me that option to prove myself that I could do it. And after that, I ran with the account and that's how I be, like, got an actual spot in the agency. It's serendipitous. I mean, I always wanted it yeah. when I said I want to do it. They said, you're, you're a project person. You're not allowed to do ideas. You just like execute. That's amazing. <laughs> no, but like, I think all these experiences and jumping from agency to, to companies and to countries as well, mm -hmm. it, it's like building your armor, your knowledge, your wealth and health. And it's just so important to do because um, we can get comfortable in one location for a long time. And I think yeah. uh, you clearly with your resume have been at many places, but I think it led you to then create Cocoon, which I would love you to explain a bit more about because yeah. uh, it's very fascinating. Cocoon is, so when I worked on the agency side, I know one of my clients was Beiersdorf, yeah. who owns Nivea and, and Userin. And, and I mean, I was always like asking them, why do people buy? And they gave me market research and, you know, like they were like, oh, this is and this. 
And then they were siloed the information and one project team had gotten this or that. Mm. I thought there has to be sort of a win-win way for us to mathematically calculate which products work together for for specific skin profiles. And not that, oh, this influencer or this founder has this idea. Not that that isn't great, but I would always want to sort of double check what I do. And, and, and that's what I always thought that Cocoon could be sort of the data Switzerland. Not that it says this is absolutely the thing you should do, but it, it should be your reference point. And then even if something is recommended to you, you might not like the packaging. That's fine. But at least you know, based on data, what would be preferred for you. And so we've done quite a few iterations of it. I mean, it's a huge undertaking. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a project that it's on its way. So currently we look at makeup medication and, um, skincare, but in the future, I really hope to be able to pull in different data pieces as well that are not generated by us. All of this is now generated by our, our, our users. Um, but, but I, I believe in a world where there is democratized data and yeah. then we all make our decisions. That's, that's what I believe. It's so important. And I think we're heading to a world where data is, we always hear data is king and it's so important, but it is like, it, it allows us to make, you know, well, data mixed with, you know, that authentic human touch and, yeah. and, and exactly. is so important, which is, you know, I think you're the master of that with what you've created. But, um, I do think it, it, we tend to be scared by data a bit because a we think it's not going to tell us what we want to hear b it's expensive or out of our reach to most people and three time like sometimes we just like don't have time to to rely on data but i think if we can figure out those three issues and like you know give ourselves a bit more time to find more creative ways to make it accessible and you know there is there are creative ways um and at least start that journey of data capturing and data um not just capturing, but data analysis. It's so important in anything, not just building a brand, in any form of life. Even like I go as simple as like sometimes like talking about my time investment with um, me going to the gym, you know, and like I look at the data. Why do we have like watches where we we track Mm -hmm. our calories and stuff? You know, is that worth, um, is it doing anything? That kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. Yeah, and I think in beauty specifically, we are somehow, as much as I love that there are artists I would love for the artists also to, like, you often get what you asked. So there is a, there is a bias and confirmation bias in looking at data. So it's, it's very easy to go into data and say, oh, let's ask, let's make a poll and ask this. And then, of course, you get sort of what you want. Mm. But I'd love, like, what we've, what we've done with the Cocoon data is, so everyone who uses Cocoon or who has used Cocoon is not doing that data upload so that Nita can make products or so that someone can. It's about them helping themselves, which makes us look at the data. Like we've found crazy correlations in between like super, like super affordable, let's say cleansing wipes and, and people who buy $200 moisturizers. Yeah. And there is, again, like if, if I as a brand would go in, I would say, oh, that's not my competitor. I'm not interested in them. But, but that's not how the consumer works. No. And that, I'd, I'd, I'd love for everyone to have just a sort of a wider view of what's happening. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really my dream. And then, you know, from Cocoon and this love for data, how did <laughs> When Life Gives You Lemon come around? Um, but even before just the name, like yeah. how did the concept of deciding to build a beauty brand come to your fruition? You know, there is one thing in you as a founder, you have your own pace and you have your own milestones and things. And we had been trying to to get the industry to start using Cocoon. And we were like, look at this. What are we finding? We were doing pilots and everything. And then the, the brands were just like, oh, yeah, but, mm, but, mm, and let me go through procurement. And I'm just like, okay, great. And then the pandemic hit. And we were like, okay, so everything is an absolute freeze. Mm. So what, what does one do as a founder? One starts, you know, nerding out on the data. Yeah. And what I found was that just by like purely like, okay, let me do, let, let me do deep dive. I have no mission. Let me just like rabbit hole it. 
And what I found is that, that the group of specifically women um, with acne were having issues where skincare ended and makeup began. And when I say women, um, so acne is more prevalent in women, but also the hormonal imbalances is, is it's there um, because of that. And obviously our database is, is currently, so we, we have a small portion of non-binary or transitioning audiences, but we're mainly women you know, on that platform. And, and I was thinking, why is it so that sort of skincare companies are different and the makeup companies are different? And then for acne specifically, then you have like the treatment category, which is, oh, these are all the OTC or like even the RX people. And it's just a construct of the industry. It's not that they put the consumer in the middle and say, oh, they need pigments and they need, I don't know, soothing ingredients, and then they need this or that. And then as a crazy founder, you go, oh, I'll solve it, which is <laughs> what happened. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's the path. And the kind of initial product range, and because creating foundations, for example, at, at for any brand and it's it's expensive yes. it's like you know a lot yes. of um, shade matching and cost and you know you have to think about when the brand normally launches with say two to three SKUs um uh or like attack products for people you know that has some time minimum order quantity blah, blah, blah. when you're doing foundations you know you have to think about then it's not just two to three SKUs it's like um, every foundation color, right? And every single yeah. shade will also have the minimum water quantity. So it's not easy. So how did you start um, by, uh, like, what was your mindset in creating this brand? Did you have to, like, raise a lot of capital? Did you have to, like, do it kind of bit by bit? So, so of course, when you, when you really hone into what the problem was, the problem was that there is this, like, there is overstripping of the barrier that then, is covered with foundation yeah. and that foundation is not doing you any favors. No. So I knew that this was a very difficult path to be on, but I was so adamant about that overlooked segment and about really building it based on math. Like we have a, we have a mathematical model for the shades, for example. Yeah. So, you know, the nerds were calculating like, oh, if these undertones, then these and how that would the pigments work and everything. But yeah, it's it. Um, I mean, I, of course, I got a lot of voices from from uh, from from the capital side of, oh, um, let's just do the lighter shades. I mean, that's what they would. That's what yeah. But you were like, no, <laughs> you were like, but the data, like, it's not going there, you know. Yeah. yeah, and and on the other side also, there is one thing is is opportunity versus sort of like, of course, white women buy more because there is a larger audience of them, but there is a lot of black women or biracial women who are lighter skin tones as well. Yes. So if I don't cater for that audience through their range, then I'm not catering to them actually. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, it's been a challenge with the shades and the quantities and everything from like, you know, supply chain issues and everything. But yeah. it, it, I was very, very adamant that that was the right path for us. And I wanna, I wanna, I want the acne audience to know that there is someone for them. Yeah. Not only in terms of, of inclusion of shades, but also like that acne isn't this. Like, so 85% of my 40,000 people on the, on the platform haven't visited a dermatologist. Mm. So for them, it's not a, it's not a derm problem, even though it probably is. It is a yeah. chronic skin condition. Um, so for them, I wanted to build something that is, there is rigor in product development, but that it's cool. Yeah. Yep. That it's not the traditional, I don't know, am I allowed to say proactive? <laughs> no, exactly. It isn't. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important that because there are going to be hurdles in creating such a, you know, skew initially, like, like starting yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, you have been very smart on how you, 
minimize some of the initial risks when it comes to like, you know, especially like returns and like shade matching. And you've done a phenomenal job where it comes to, I've been on your website and, you know, we've also had the, the luxury of meeting in person before yeah. this during the Femme de Beauty brunch. And you were amazing you came you know you asked for you looked at the photos of the founders before and you gave them like the shades and like in like the lighter and the dark like the slightly lighter slightly darker than the like their shade match and then you kind of like allowed them to blend it they need to but it was just incredible how you've so instantly thought about all the options and on your website you have this great kind of find your match um so and you also have like do you have like a sample kit as well like to get these like yeah, so everyone who buys a product from us is getting a sample kit with six shades, with lighter and darker shades, but also different undertones. So sometimes people are, like we've had several situations where uh, for some reason, light, light-skinned women always tend to pick darker shades, but they overpick so much darker. Yeah. And then they come back to us and they're like, no, nah, I'm actually paler. And we're like, yeah, yeah we know. I'm well, they went too. on holiday <laughs> and then they're basing on their tan, but it's, yeah. you know, all yeah. those things. Yeah. You know, it's it's important to like um, allow allow them before they even open the the full size to try the shade matching and see yeah. if it is actually. Um, and then, um, but in terms of the um, your your current core range right now, you have these um, the high function foundation, uh, yeah. but you also have an oil balance booster. So, can you talk us about the foundation first, like why yours stands out to the market, and also the importance of the oil balance booster as well? Okay, let me reverse the the. Let's order reverse it because it's meant to be in the order of how you apply. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the booster is there really because one of the key points that we saw in the data set was the overstripping of the barrier. Hmm. So, a lot of women are loving their actives like they do a lot of layering and then a lot of peels exfoliate and then the skin is is so extremely sensitive after that so we wanted to build a product that strengthens your skin barrier without nuking it so i always say i'm anti-nuke officer because that's really what we want to do we want your skin barrier to be healthy because only then can it act as an actual canvas for makeup so it has three clinicals, um, all, all, like all reduction, uh, skin barrier strengthening, great for sensitive skin, but also it has hyaluronic acid in it. So it takes the niacinamide from the foundation to deeper layers. So that's how they couple up really well. Um, the foundation has um, a really cool type of pigment. Um, mm-hmm. It has adaptogens, so for skin stress, and then uh, squalane for moisture, and then niacinamide for clearing and all that jazz. <laughs> and um, it, it, it blends really, it, it behaves a little differently than traditional makeup. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if you tried it, but it, it, it leaves sort of a skin type feel, but yeah. it also, um, you need to blend it really quickly because otherwise it sets like this. Yeah. And we needed that performance because most of the audiences that we are catering to have very oily skin or they notice that they either have super caking or then that the product isn't there after eight hours. I have tried it and it, it's incredible, like the, the kind of the texture, the consistency. And it's like um, I have like just more my um, like just under my eyes, but also like yeah. just often on my hand. I, I like to test formulas um, and yeah. even in SKUs that I'm not creating for my own brand. And yeah. yours is so high quality, so great. But I, I, when I went on the website, I saw the stuff that you've also avoided, like, you know, mm-hmm. fragrance free, vegan. But you're also um, I, I researched this. It's like uh, you have to help me in the pronunciation, like yeah. non Comedogenic, yes, comedogenic, yeah. which is like the yeah. basically it's avoiding clogging your pores, right? Um, yeah. Uh, what is the thing in the foundation that allows you? It allows for that. Well, it's not so much what's in there; it's what's not in there. So there are, specific, for example, specific oils that are great for you as moisturization agents, um, but that clog your pores. So that's why we've opted to do other like. Squalene is a great oil. It, it's very light. Um, yep. On the other hand, it's also um, for us was very important that that we just don't claim it because the ingredients yes. are not that, but that we actually tested it. And because it's an EU-based product, we manufacture in Italy, then sort of the testing 
is is very rigorous in in in, in, in Italy. How, how come you decided to? Um, I mean, you're based in New York right now, and yeah. um, how come you decided to go down the kind of Italy manufacturing European? You know, because that is also a long term decision in terms of distribution yeah. and logistics. Yeah. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, well, because for so often the conversation um, around clean is it's a US clean conversation. And um, for me, what's more important than clean is safe. Yes. And for me, because there is no standardization of clean in the US um, and acne is like sensitivity is the underlying cause, I wanted to go. I, I want to build a product that I can, that that is so safe as it can be. Obviously, there is no product in the world that would fit everyone, but that's why we follow EU Reach, and that's why we we opted to to for Europe. And then the other thing was, I mean, if there is a com- or like a, a country in 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 the world that's superior in fashion and color, it's Italy. I mean, their pigments are superior, and it's an artistry. Italy has oh, the, the no no but Italy has like some of the the best in, in class when it comes to beauty um, and it's definitely more expensive from a cost of goods so that shows that you have gone for a quality and you know you've you've probably had to sacrifice some of your margin for that but you've done that for the customer to benefit which I love I'm so for and also um, nailed on the head like you know generally most brands in the US have, it's very difficult to break. Um, EU, uh, the Europe, because it's of the EU regulations are a lot more stringent and strict. Um, so for you going that way around, it just already is like um, you've got a lot of the things in place, you know, which it needs to be from a clean, safe, uh, all that kind of stuff. So that's great. Um, but I would love, I'm actually really curious to know about um, kind of like the MPD that you can share or like kind of like, the, is it more heading into more makeup, more skincare, more hybrid? What is that kind of like long-term of when life gives you lemons? Well, the first thing is that I, I definitely want to cross categories. So makeup and skincare is is the first and, and, and the one that I believe that we have to nail. So there is the NPD is definitely focused on other SKUs that are related to bridging those two worlds. But if the data shows me that that there is a, a need on the consumer side and the vehicle might be a nutraceutical, then I'm happy to go there. It, for me, it's not so much about where I as a brand, what my capabilities are versus where I actually need to go. So if it's pillows or I don't know if the consumers need something related to mental health, who knows, sneakers, I'm willing to go there. I love it. it, it, it it's consumer driven and data driven, yeah. which is exactly the whole ethos of it. So that's the way it should be. And in terms of, I mean, 
I can tell you come from a creative agency background because the products are just stunning. The the it's so <laughs> cool. I think that's like the best word to say. It's just it's just freaking cool. Like the way like it's done. Um, the the word the logo on the bottle, the frost frosted print, the frosted glass with the screen print. It's just beautiful. Um, did you kind of? Was it all you? Did you have another creative agency as a creative agency expert yourself? Like sometimes it's better to go to someone else because we have roadblocks in, in our head. But like, what did you do? No, I would ab- absolutely not give it to anyone else. I have a trusted designer in Berlin, in Germany that I worked with for, I think, 11 years. Yeah. And so for like, I worked with him on so much. So for him, it's like, I give him a brief, then a couple of days after we have screen share and he just shows me and we work together. Yeah. So it's been a very collaborative process in that sense. Beautiful. I mean, he knows nothing about beauty, but I mean, we've done everything from like incontinence diapers to wound care. So I think taking again, someone who doesn't get it, that's what it looks like at the end of the day. I love it. (laughs) But that's like, uh, that's like what you've created together. Uh, And also having that history um, of working, you have that trust. You just know each other's visions as well. So it helps to create such a and the communication like, it's so much exactly. easier when it's like so when you say ah, do you know i think it's a little bit clunky they get what you mean with clunky yeah so, that's 100% i mean and then just um before we go a bit into your kind of personal rituals for success and routines i i do want to ask about um because a lot of our listeners are you know, so curious on how to build a brand and you know you've done that perfect way of jumping from corporate into brand building um Creating a brand like When Life Gives You Lemons, it's it's not easy. It does take investment. It does take time and and, and energy. What was your initial kind of investment route uh, that you went down? Was it uh, raising? Was it self-funded? Uh, what was your path? So we've done, we started, when we started with Cocoon and everything, we, we've done friends and family. Um, and I mean, it was, I cut cold turkey my, my job. I had two suitcases. <sighs> And two cats and I flew to New York and I was like, we're like, so necessity is the, is, 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 is wonderful because when you have to, you will figure it out. And I think the worry with everyone is always that, what if I don't figure it out? Well, you will never know unless you jump. And I, I think that's, sometimes you worry about things upfront more than when you're actually in that situation. Because you don't even have time to, to worry. Yeah, exactly. You have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, so I think anyone who really wants to do it, the number one thing that I think is important is network. It's not that yeah. you have to have it, but you have to be willing to build it. Agreed. I love that. And that's that. that and that everything comes from there because you will get. I mean team opportunities, people who can join you, people who can advise you, people who can fund you, people you can co-market with, all of that. And I think that is even more important than capital because capital will follow. If you have an ability to attract people, then capital will follow. Yeah. And if you've made throughout your career or your your journey in life, you've made great connections, meaningful relationships, um, even any type of you know different industries, different walks of life, you'll yeah. be surprised where they can come into your, mm-hmm. your business or your your journey later on because yeah. um, it's so much more connected than it seems on initial surface level. Uh, there is really that spider web approach to life, and um, I'm surprised today when I'm like, sometimes I get a, a problem or some issue or some or some something positive, and I'm yeah. like, wait, there's this person I met five years ago that, that did that, and that could be useful for me. You know, like, exactly. it's so interesting how it works. So interesting. Exactly. But I think that it's often underrated. Like, you feel like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to all these events, and I'm just, what, what, what am I getting right now? Yeah. Nothing not You think right short now. term. And, and yeah. it's also, to go, it's good to go. And even, like, not even to necessarily go with an intention of, mm-hmm. I need to gain something, even long term or short term, mm-hmm. but just put yourself in more situations for just enjoying the journey of life, Um, you know, and then you'll be surprised how many of those experiences add up to then just helping you 
in a lot of different ways. Yes. Um, yes. And that's it. And, and if you're inherently someone, like I've always been, I think we relate maybe Nita as well, like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm assuming, but like I, I was always a um, an introvert growing up, but not like, I wasn't someone who was like the most, um, you know, loud in the room or needed mm. to be the center of attention. But over time, I started to get more confident, more, you know, I kind of faked it a lot in places and like, oh, I don't really want to go, but I'll go. Uh, I, I don't want to speak, <laughs> but I'll speak to that person. And then I started learning to love it and enjoy it and be good at it. And now I feel quite happy that, like, you know, I can meet people for the first time and, con- you know, conserva- uh, conversate and I can, like, um, you know, have a, a, a meaningful relationship with them. So did you have a, something similar throughout your life? I think the, 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 the culture in Finland is very much like you speak when you have something to say and then otherwise you don't speak. So when, when I left for China, I was like, what's going on we went to all these like I, she was one she was was one of my clients so we had to go a lot of parties and and I was like what is all this talking there's like why am I doing it nothing's coming out of it and it, that was like a cultural thing for me to learn that there's like we are probably pretty rude <laughs> as Finns we go directly to the point and we're like okay let's get this done we was like yeah it's been a journey I mean when I went to Germany um uh, like the the guy who owned the creative agency he, he he was he was always really baffled when i came into the office and i was like okay these are the things for today and blah. and he was like there's a german word angekommen like just calm down and have a cup of coffee and then we start i'm like no what do you mean <laughs> like we look 50 minutes <laughs> So that, that that's a process for me to learn. <laughs> I, I honestly, I've I've had many people like that too, and I'm like, what? But no, no, it, it's it's all interesting to like deal with these kind of. There's no right way or wrong way. There's just different people's ways, and it's so nice to like just learn to adapt and also yeah. maybe try different people's um, mindsets because it can benefit us in any point of our life but um i you i want you to mention because you did it before the we press recorded we talked a bit about your cats and i just want to say you you moved with two <laughs> cats but can you now tell us how many cats you have and their names because it's uh, my favorite thing okay so uh when i was in china i found mei 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 is um she was in a hamster cage so i rescued mei mei mm. and she's been with me since 2010 and then I moved to Germany. I found Mimi. Uh, Mimi was poisoned with rat poison, and I found her in a barn. Oh. Uh, so Mimi, Mimi is not very sharp, but she's very cute, yeah. cuddly. Oh. So I have one, like one with fear, anxiety, and one that isn't sharp. Okay. And then in 2018, I got two cats from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and they are me and Pom Pom. Yeah. And a couple of days ago, um, so we have something called Founder Appreciation Day with my co-founder. And he brought me um, a baby cat that he had rescued oh. called Steve. I love it. So, <laughs> wait, wait, you have <laughs> Mei Mei, Mimi. Mimi. Me. Me. What's up? Me. And Pom Pom. Pom and Pom. Steve. Yes. This is incredible. I mean, they could have their own <laughs> TV show, like Keeping Up With The Cats of, of Nita. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is my um Steve is yeah. the I feel Steve would be like Kylie Jenner. That's the one like you know she, I I'm very curious. And I think May is definitely a Kim. Um yeah. Mimi, Chloe, maybe let's see. Um oh, I can see it, I can see it, but I want ten percent if you're gonna create this show, I wanna be an executive Absolutely. producer. You get Please. to find the okay. producer. Amazing. No, I get to be the producer. Even Ooh, better. Like, better. I love it. Done. Done. <laughs> but I just want to say, jokes aside. You are incredible for rescuing and helping these cats. And uh, I mean, that's just so heartwarming to know that they now have a beautiful home with a, a beautiful mom. So it's just amazing. So thank you for doing that. I, I mean, I, I, it's, it just shows a lot about someone who rescues and um, instead of buying it. But, you know, it's so important. I think what you've done is great. Thank you. So in terms of like, you know, the pandemic has been very interesting for us founders. It's been great for some ways of business, bad for others. It's been a lot of moving around and trying new things but in terms of our rituals personally um you know working from home building a company you've launched this recently like i have and it's been not the easiest because you don't necessarily meet all your stakeholders and all your teammates or how have you had to like navigate your own kind of personal rituals to lead you to succeed like do you have a morning routine that you live by now what do you do i think there have been a couple of things that i've um like, yes, there have been extremely tough situations. Yes. And 
I think the cats are one of my things where it's just, you know, unconditional love and they don't ask anything from me. I'm not asking anything from them. Um, I don't know if you've been following um, the journey of Liz. Um, I think she's the founder of Sona who, yep. who lost her dog because uh, wag walking. Uh, have you followed this? Topic. No, I haven't seen the dog. Okay, I, look this, into it. So yeah. unfortunately, um, her, her, I think her dog escaped and, and she lost the dog. Oh, and no. I can't imagine my mornings without my cats. So it's for yeah. me, it's a, that's one thing that's kept me insane. Or sane. Then I think, yeah. <clears throat> I think there is like most of my team I've never met in person. So I've recruited them and we work over, you know, over Zoom and, and Slack and whatnot. But I think the culture of humor is something extremely important. So, like, for them to ridicule me or laugh at my mistakes, I, I really want it. I want us to have a very candid, open, like, or sarcastic. Friendly, uh, yeah. Yes. So, because we all have to endure stuff that's really hard and we have to go beyond then I think the only counterweight to that is humor. And so that's been something I've always wanted us to have, like the banter on Slack. It's, it needs to be there. And, and the moment I notice that all of our messages start being too serious, then I throw in something on like our Freaky Fridays or whatever. So it's, that's important to me. In terms of like, you know, like how you manage the team, because I think as a person, just... The minute I met you in New York and now even today, I mean, like you're just so refreshing. You're so uplifting. You're just, you're just super cool. Like your product. <laughs> um, and what do, I want to like learn from you, like, what do you do with your team to like motivate them? Cause I'm sure working for you is like an absolute dream. So I just want to know what are some of your things you do? Like, do you have fun? Like, like, well, like fun team bonding activities you can do maybe I don't know it's virtual now but later like, what are your ideas even well like we are gonna have a, a bigger beauty stunt at the end of the month and and um, we were just like we were having an internal meeting around how to like prep for it and whatnot and one of the guys in my team said oh it's like he was referring to build a bear yeah and I was like what is build a bear and you don't so know build one thing led no, but I learned what Build-A-Bear is. No, and now did. I said, I'm taking my entire team to Build-A-Bear. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> so, so end of the month, we're going to Build-A-Bear. I love um, it. That's so cool. Yeah, I think it's, it's about, I, like, there is a lot of sort of like uncultivated talent out there yes. that is like, there's so much out there, but because they don't fulfill what's, what needs to be on a resume, they don't get hired. Mm. And it's not yeah. only about ethnicity. It's also about, oh, I haven't gone to that school. I haven't been in this industry. Yes. But when you allow them to show that they can. Yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah. I agree. Oh, I love that. I love it. Um, but that's, I think that's where we can... I'm sure you also do it with data is like that open communication, just like, you know, listening and learning and Obviously. not everyone is the same. It's so important because then you have the best experience for everyone, but also the people who might not, not they might not know what they want. Right. So by mm -hmm. listening to someone else and then trying something else that they might not say, but then it might in, enlighten them to something new. Um, and I think that's really important. It's a journey together. I think one, one thing is so important is we, mm, I think most of our obstacles are obstacles we set for ourselves, not yes. that they actually exist there. And so that's what I've had with the team. Like I had someone in my team who actually we couldn't unfortunately continue with her, not because she, like, I think she herself realized that she had her own obstacles. Like she, mm. her, like, and, and, and we departed in a way where we both were crying. And we know that I've said in a year, when we're a little bit like bigger, more structured, you're coming back. Not yeah. right now, but, but you're coming back. And I think that goes back to, to show that I was pushing her, but she didn't allow to be pushed because she was like, oh, I can't do it because of my internal this and that. Yes. And so I think the, in this day and age, 
if you you work for a remote company that does isn't that structured, especially an early stage startup, like you can really thrive because you just do you, mm-hmm. do you. That yeah. that's the only thing that we're expecting you to do. That's so true, and I think that's where it is difficult because we have to make sure also we hire the right people at the right time. And I think it's oh, a very important yes. point because it's not good for everyone. Like even, uh, you know, some people who've been trained in corporate for, mm-hmm. I say like five, 10, 10 years, there are some expectations. Um, and, and I've noticed this now, you know, I've grown my team like so much in a year and a half. And now it's like, oh, I can't communicate like I can before because not everyone is mm-hmm. the same or wants the same. And yeah, you know, it is going to be a, uh, a journey to find a happy medium for everyone. Yes. But I think by just having an open communication and sometimes, yes, you're going to upset a few people, but as long as overall everyone's okay, happy and good, that's important because it's not going to be perfect. And that's okay because life isn't perfect. Like it's, it's good to be imperfect sometimes. And, and, I, and I think, to be honest, it's also a lot about like, not everyone is just a fit, even though if they would be on paper a fit for you, mm. there's just sometimes not the personalities. Like, yeah. And I think um, what I've learned is that if, even if you have the functional skills, if you don't fit in the team, if the team doesn't trust you or if you don't vibe with them, yeah. then there is no willingness to work together. And I think yeah. willingness to learn and work together is much more valued than past experience. Like you coming to the table and saying, oh, this is how we should do it. That's great. But then if no one wants to work with you, then that's problematic. That's problematic, yeah. Um, so, you know, before we go to fire round questions, it's a, yeah. it's a bit of a cheeky question for you because you have two SKUs and they're, they're really the perfect duo. So it's going to be really hard. But <laughs> imagine you're traveling and TSA and security is being a bit strict and they're saying, Nita, you can only take one of your two products, which is really harsh because they kind of really work together. Which one is your go-to? Is it the foundation or is it the oil, the serum? Yeah, it's difficult, but I think the foundation, obviously, because I, as all probably my customers, we feel insecure in showing our skin as is. I mean, you would not notice that I'm wearing foundation right now. Yeah. Uh, But it's, but even for me, even if I don't go out, even I don't go anywhere, I always put it on. Yeah. Because I feel better when I have put it on. So exactly. This would be me saying to the TSA man, I'm keeping my 150. Exactly. And also the good thing with your product is you're also doing good to your skin because the products yes. have great, you know, adaptogens and added and like it's a it's a it's not like a Oh, that connotation with makeup is like, you know, don't damage your skin. Don't put too much oh. makeup on because it's going to have breakouts. Like you're doing the opposite. You're, you're cleaning it up, yeah. you know, which I love. Um, so, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Um, so now fire on questions. So first thing that comes to your mind. First question. What's another beauty brand you're loving? And we know you're going to say Fable and Maine. That's obvious. So let's say for another one. <laughs> okay, any, any I'll beauty say, brand. I'll save you that. Yeah, any beauty brand Yeah, that you're loving. Uh, used to the people. Love them. Joe and Greg. You know, they were on the podcast, so you have to listen to them. I don't episode. know them. Um, but hey, used to the people, if you hear us, we want to work with you. I'll, I'll, you know, one day I'll do an, a big event with Founded Beauty and I'll bring everyone in uh, to one location, not just New York, not just LA, and we'll get them. That'd be amazing. Um, what is a guilty a pleasure of yours? Um, uh, bubble wine. Oh, kava. Wait, kava? I was about to say, what's bubble wine? But okay, I get it. Yeah, kava. Nice. Uh, wait, are you like once a week kind of girl? Are you like uh, every day? No, not every day, but are you every day? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I wish I, I would be. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to rule that out because it's okay if you if okay, you do so you. But, I, I, yeah. I do. I I do on Friday afternoons. I always like do spa day nice. Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, when Europe, so I call Europe or my friends in Europe, and I have cover and I have the cats around, and I do like masks and things. That's mine. Um, What are you currently watching or reading? I've been watching this. um, I think it's a Belgian series. uh, And it's about someone who's undercover. I don't know what it's called. Okay. Um, I'm I'm reading it. uh, Is it called Undercover? No. 
It might be, yeah. It. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just I just Google something and I don't know if it is that. Okay, cool. Uh, do, do you do you have time to read a lot? Because I've always loved like I'm the I'm so terrible. I just don't make time for reading, and I haven't read a book in in a while. It feels. So for me, do you have time to read? Um, I watch documentaries. I watch things. Listen. I don't really read. I I it's going in like phases. There was a phase yeah. when I I read more. Not right now. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform right now? TikTok. TikTok. I love TikTok. Um, what's your favorite mantra or quote? Um, impossible is nothing. Well said. And last question. If you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or in the creative agency field, what would you be doing right now? Uh, I would do interior design. Nice. Well, Nita, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I knew I was going to look forward to this because <laughs> when we met when we met in New York, we just vibed instantly. And I can't wait to come back to New York and, and spend proper time with you because it was so short last time. But um, in the meantime, where can everyone find, you know, your brand, even yourself on, on social media? Yeah, so wlgylemons.co or um, lemons.makeup. I'll put all the links in the, in the bio so everyone can click and check it out and um, you will not be disappointed guys I mean just if you haven't checked it out yet check out just the packaging enough will convince you to buy it it's beautiful <laughs> um, but they actually work and they're data they're data backed it's like in terms of a product page when you go on their page there's more data than you would ever want and need so it's amazing you have all these graphs as well so I was like okay I'm sold I don't even need to read them I love them so uh, just yeah thank you Nita for just doing what you're doing and just being you I love it thank you and see you very soon bye bye i hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.